Dose of Leadership podcast, episode 182. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, Richard Ryerson here. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Hey, keep those emails coming. I love hearing from you. Thanks for all the support, all the fans out there. If you got a question about leadership, if you're having a leadership challenge, let me hear about it. I love to answer your questions. I might even answer it on the air if it's a pertinent one I think the whole audience can can benefit from. But let me hear from you. I love uh, the support that you're giving to me. And if, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave a rating and review. It does so much for the support and the visibility. That's all I ask for you to listen to this great free content. And again, thank you for your support. Hey, I want to introduce my brand new partners to the show, 99designs. And when I was starting out on this entrepreneur path, I stressed about the graphic design element, the web design elements. You know, I want to encourage you to go check out 99designs because working with an individual graphic designer can be good, but it has its limitations. You know, timing is one thing. If you want dozens of designs to choose from in just seven days, well, I encourage you to visit 99designs.com slash leadership and get a $99 power pack of services absolutely free. Go check them out. All right, I'm so excited to have on my show today Kareem Webb and Edward Barnett, uh, both of PCF Management. Kareem Webb is a 25-year veteran of the restaurant industry in his current position as operations partner of PCF Restaurant Management as well as a Los Angeles-based franchisee of Buffalo Wild Wings. He uses his expertise to oversee the development and operations for each restaurant. Edward Barnett is a 14-year veteran of the financial service industry in his current position as vice president at PCF of Newberry Capital Management, Los Angeles-based money management firm. He uses his expertise to develop and implement money management strategies for professional athletes, corporate executives, and nonprofit organizations. Together, this pair has created a successful and profitable model for opening restaurants in the inner city, starting with South Central Los Angeles. In 2011, their company opened a Buffalo Wild Wings Grill and Bar in Baldwin Hills, California. And this area is known for gang activity, had very little by way of entertainment prior to their arrival. Mr. Webb and Mr. Barnett not only brought a desirable restaurant to the area, but they successfully created new job opportunities for young adults within South Central Los Angeles. This is exactly the type of story I like to highlight in Dose of Leadership. Kareem and Edward, welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast. Thanks for having us. Hey, I'm so excited. Again, like highlighting this type of story is what what really was the genesis of why I wanted to start this show is kind of highlighting those people who are taking risks and being leaders in their own right. And and, uh, you guys are definitely doing it. You know, what prompted you guys because if you look on the outside, to start a restaurant or, or a franchise operation in the middle of the heart of South Central, what, what was the genesis of that? Where did it come from? Uh, we looked at it from a competitive business advantage. Uh, the same thing that people looked at as a negative and they would run away from, we looked at it as an opportunity uh, from a business standpoint. Um, as we were Talking about it, there's, there's opening up a sports-themed family restaurant on the outskirts and the, sub, the suburbs or wherever it may be. You're one of many different players fighting for the same customer. Right. But if you open one in a quote-unquote undesirable location and you do it right, you become the only game in town. And historically what happens is um, these areas, the, the, the negative aspects are already highlighted or always, I should say, highlighted on the news. 
um, and they're and they're kind of glorified. But there's a whole lot of hard work and good people in these areas too that just it, the news doesn't ever talk about. We only hear about the negative. And all these people, um, hardworking people, have to go outside of their community to get any types of services, whether it be restaurants, grocery stores, anything of that nature. So we looked at it from a standpoint, from a competitive advantage, is to be able to give them the same quality level of restaurants and service that they'd have to normally go outside of their community, give those into the community, and to become that uh, go-to place or local place in the area where there isn't any other competition because other people were shy and away or afraid to come do business in this area. I mean, it makes perfect sense, especially from an entrepreneurial standpoint. I mean, you're taking a risk, and, you know, it's always kind of a even – to the cliche, you know, you, you know, you buy low and sell high. I mean, it's that same type of mindset. You're going in there. You look at those kind of challenges as entrepreneur or opportunities, and uh, you're definitely doing that. You must have had a lot of naysayers along the way, though, and you must have had some people telling you you were absolutely nuts for doing this. Yeah, you have a lot of people that thought we were crazy for doing that, and it was a bad idea in trying to persuade us to go to quote unquote more desirable locations uh, in order to start there. Yeah, we, we uh, had a lot of resistance. Well, your eyes are obviously, you know, entrepreneurs. I mean, it's in your blood. I mean, talk to me a little bit about the history. Take me back. I mean, how did it all start for both of you? I mean, where did this entrepreneur bug come from? Well, for myself, this is Kareem. Um, My parents are McDonald's franchisees. So I grew up in a franchise business uh, about 30 miles east of L.A. Um, um, And they had restaurants in some uh, challenging communities in those areas as well. So I was able to firsthand, one, see uh, uh, the benefit uh, to a family of entrepreneurship through franchising, one, and two, also the impact you're able to have on the community, all the young people that you're able to, to, to touch and develop. So if you're, you know, a positive influence, uh, you really do have the, the, the ability to impact uh, young people and a lot of people who are less fortunate. Well, and that's what it's all about, right? I think a lot of people misunderstand entrepreneurship or even business or capitalism or free enterprise. They think of it as kind of, you know, there's always greedy people trying to make a buck. But, you know, I sense there's an entrepreneurship kind of re, um, resurgence happening um, throughout. And what, I, what I'm what i optimistic about in talking to people on the show is is not only, of course, you know, making a profit. You know, you got to help serve people. You got to make money. You got to make a profit. But there seems to be in this kind of entrepreneurship resurgence this idea of, of giving back or being part of something bigger than themselves. Is, is that's what, is that in your guys' heart? Is that what's driving you? There's no doubt about that. I mean, we know in a community that we serve, uh, a very large percentage of young people don't graduate high school and, right. that, and, and, and the impact that that has on the community and, uh, specifically a franchising and a retail, uh-huh. um, um, you know, we're, we're uniquely positioned to be able to, train people um, because these are quote-unquote entry-level jobs but so you have the opportunity to talk to people about integrity you have to you have the opportunity to model how to resolve conflict the appropriate way you're giving somebody a check so they're no longer you know uh, have the the potential of being some sort of burden on society whether or not they are uh, um, in the criminal justice system or if they are uh, you know on some sort of government subsidy. Instead, they are contributing members of society who feel good about themselves and are learning transferable skills that they can go on and, and, and have an impact for themselves and their families. 
And, uh, you know, in, in communities like Baldwin Hills exist all, you know, all around the country in urban areas. And, uh, you know, we hope that people take from, from this the opportunity to do good business in those areas and make a positive difference. Servers in Buffalo Wild Wings in California with our minimum wage and, 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 you know, if you're doing good business, they make really good money, upwards of $40,000 plus. And that's, that's a significant amount of money when you're talking about 35 servers plus, you know, in multiple units. Uh, you know, those dollars have the ability to make an impact. So for a single mom or a young person in junior college uh, or for people, you know, in general that live in those communities, those, those, are, those are dollars that are going to, stay in that community and make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. What is the leadership philosophy that you kind of, I mean, when you're going out there, you're looking for employees, and I'm assuming you're trying to, to gather people from that local community to work work in this place. I mean, that makes perfect sense. What is the kind of, um, what is the dream or the vision that you try to try to sell them to attract them to, to uh, come to work for you? I would say opportunity for growth and an opportunity, period. And, and so at the end of the day, you look at it and say, okay, this job or this opportunity, you can make it what you want to make it. If you want to uh, just be a server and uh, work that, then you can do that and make, again, as Kareem said, upwards of forty dollars to $50,000 a year. Or we're constantly expanding and we're in a growth mode. So you can look at us as an opportunity to go from a server to an assistant manager, from an assistant manager to a general manager, from a general manager an area supervisor. So we're giving people the skill sets and the knowledge in order to be able to achieve these goals, but also providing the opportunity. There's, there's one thing that you um, have in, in, in what I'll call in the inner cities. You have a lot of programs, and they're great programs, but they're, they're, they're job skills, they're job training programs, and those are great. But the problem that comes is once you have these people trained, who is going to employ them? Right. And have to have an apparatus to be able to take all this training and put them in employment. I think where we're a little unique in our business model is we not only train them, we, we're the ones who actually provide them with the jobs and the growth opportunities. Right. How is your turnover? I mean, what I'm curious about this because I'm, I'm an optimist and a believer that if you show somebody the opportunity um, and you, sh- you, you are setting the example and you're showing them how, how positive and, and, and rewarding it can be that, that things will start to change. Have you seen some success stories? I mean, what are those personal success stories? And, and also kind of tailor that. Is your, is, how is your turnover rate at your at – your, Well, our, it, the industry standard is, is, is well above 100% turnover for, in the casual dining segment. Sure. Um, you know, and we're, 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 we're under 100%. Right. So, I mean, we have turnover – we have high standards. You know, not everybody is able to, to uh, embrace um, the standard that we set and be consistent. That's the reality of it. Um, so, so we do experience some turnover. But you know, to answer your question about examples, we have a young lady as we're in the process of acquiring another Buffalo Wild Wings. Started with us as a server three years ago. Had been a server in multiple contests around Southern California. Is from the community. Uh, had six years of serving experience, but had been overlooked in terms of her ability to um, um, go beyond being a server. She'll be the general manager for us, so she'll be somebody that was, you know, making minimum wage plus tips. That's going to be making, you know, what general managers makes, which is 
it's just a great salary. That's uh, awesome. And she takes care of her mother. We have another young lady who's assistant manager for us who is actually living in a garage with her two children who now, you know, has the ability to take care of her kids, provide for her kids, has a roof over her head, um, and started as a greeter for us. Um, so a non-tipped entry-level position. Uh, and, again, that was about three years ago, and uh, she's doing quite well. We have, uh, you know, I could go on and on. Oh, man, I love it. stories with people who, uh, you know, weren't given the opportunity to really uh, uh, see beyond the possibility of that entry-level position. Right. And uh, where people didn't identify qualities and talent that they had, where, where we said no. Uh, we do identify that talent, and we believe in you, even if you didn't realize it was a possibility for yourself. And here's the path. Do you want to take it? And if you do, we'll teach you what you need to know in order for you to be successful. Oh, that's great, guys. That, I can't tell you how happy that makes me to hear that because I just I think that is the, kind of the quintessential magic about and really what you're doing is you're, teach, you're, you're teaching leadership. I know this is about a restaurant and serving, but you're, you're instituting a culture of leadership. I mean, you couldn't have or couldn't be successful if you weren't running a leadership-type organization. Would you agree with that? I 100% agree with it. Uh, one of the things, this is Ed speaking, what Kareem said is they're learning transferable skills. Right. And leadership, whether you're in the restaurant business, in the tech industry, across industries, you know, those, those skills – are, are transferable and in teaching people to become great readers. So agree with you 100. Yeah. And, and the other thing too that that we teach these people is uh, about being competitive. Right. You know, you, you you can come into a restaurant in a certain neighborhood, and and sometimes, you know, even within the residents of that community, the expectation is that the experience won't be up to par with what you could experience in other parts of the city. And uh, we insist that not only is the experience up to par, but it's better. And we think that that uh, quality, that having that expectation, setting that expectation is a microcosm for how people can see themselves fitting into society and what they believe about their ability to accomplish things in their own lives. Hey, halfway through the show, I want to take some time out, just a brief moment, to talk about my partners at 99designs. You know, if you were like me in the beginning, I remember I was dreaming of a logo, a perfect website design, but I didn't know how to get started. I was worried about a budget. Well, that's where 99designs came in, and they can certainly help. 99designs is the world's largest graphic design marketplace, and it makes it easy for you to to get a design that you love. Just go to their website, tell them about the design you need, and pick a price package that works for you. And that's where the fun really starts up. And this is what I loved about the process. Designers from all around the world will submit awesome designs, and you give them your feedback. And within a week, you get to pick out your favorite and be the proud owner of a gorgeous unique new design with thousands of designers at your fingertips there's no limit to what you can get designed i've used 99 designs and i love working with them and what they did for me so what is it that you need you can boost your brand's visibility with a t-shirt drive more traffic with a sleek new banner ad or a landing page whatever it is you need projects start at just 199 dollars, and your happiness is always 100 percent guaranteed visit 99designs.com slash leadership and you can get a 99 dollars power pack of services absolutely free today go check them out well i'm curious about the you know you said the competition piece it, it's almost like um what what do you do do you instill a sense of ownership and pride i mean it seems like in situations the, the way that you can get 
get that accomplished is if you at every level feel like this is their store. I mean, that greeter needs to feel like it's their store, right? I mean, how do you do that? You tell people on day one that this is a contract, it's a pack. In order for me to get out of what I need to get out of this as an entrepreneur, I recognize that you need to get out of it what you came to get out of it. Some people are trying to pay their way through junior college. Some people are trying to take care of their, their children. Some people have other motivations. But whatever those motivations are, in order for them, the reason why they walked through the door and applied to have a job at Buffalo Wild Wings, there was a reason. And they're looking to get out of it what it is that they're looking to get out of it. And my job is to help them get it. I need them to help us get what we need. And that, and that is to have the, the ability to continue to grow and continue to provide these opportunities. The only way that you do that is you execute at a very, very, very high level. Right. And we also uh, relate to them that that's what you have to do in your life, that nobody is going to feel sorry for, for anybody. Nobody has time for that. you got to execute. you got to be outstanding. There's no excuse for, for coming in second or not living up to the standard. And this isn't rocket science. So when you do the right thing, there is... Uh, positive consequences for that and when you're not doing the right thing there 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 are consequences that you know are that are not so positive and not necessarily so pleasant or what you want to have happen and that's life yeah you know so we all got to take where we are and make the best out of it and 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 we're going to be a shining example because we we could not be but why 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 take that path when we can be yeah and so uh you know, we're determined that that's going to be the experience that our guests have when they come in. That's going to be the experience that the leaders in our community, where our stores are, have, and that that's how they're going to relate. That parents who 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 have a choice or want their kids to work someplace that we want it to be us that they want their kids to want to work for, and in the climate that we uh, have curated in our restaurants, and. Uh, you know, and that, that we really have an academy of, of, of goodwill and leadership, which uh, we think that we've begun the process of creating, and we see it reflected in our sales. Yeah, I mean, you get the proof is in the pudding, and you're absolutely right. I mean, something is, is obviously working, and obviously that this culture, what you're talking about, this idea of like, look, it's all about overcoming adversity. I mean, your sales are up 32% over last year. Um, while the rest of your peer group is kind of running single digit. I mean, this is just impressive, guys. I mean, it shows that, um, again, like you said, it's not rocket science. It's about tenacity, hard work, and overcoming adversity, right, and taking a risk. That's what it is. Where did your tenacious spirit come from? I know I kind of asked a, a similar question about that, but why are both of you so tenacious? Uh why, why, why am I tenacious? I, I think it has a lot has to do with your upbringing. Right. And uh, um, myself, I, I look at it a lot in athletics terms. So um, in order to be able to compete in athletics at every level that you go higher, everybody else, the level of the competition gets stiffer and stiffer because everybody was a star at the previous level. So either you're going to rise to the occasion or you're not. And at the end of the day, athletic, most most sports are team sports except for a few of them. Right. And you have to be able to hold your weight at every level of part of this team sport. And you're pretty much as good as your weakest link is, is kind of what most people say. So I look at it as saying, okay, how do you take take this, we'll call it this team sport, and then know, okay, here's our competition. You know, whether you're in the inner city or out, you have competition and competition is stiff. 
So how do we rise to the cream of the crop to be the best out of the competition? Who are your heroes? I mean, you, obviously, I mean, I, I think I can sense it's probably going to be, you know, you're, from your upbringing, your parents or somebody close and coaches. I mean, but who are your heroes? Say that, say that second question again. Yeah, who, last, who are your heroes? I mean, who do you really look up to? Uh, I, I look up I look up to my dad. And the reason is given the guidance and all the things that uh, helped, helped me to, to get my, I guess, my, my core sense of values from a business standpoint and really how business operates and how do you operate at a high level. Yeah, I, I, I would say the same thing. My mom and dad are, are definitely, uh, uh, you know, the most influential figures in my life and, what you know, who I look to for advice and an example. How has the area, I'm curious, in, in that specific restaurant there in, in Crenshaw, how has uh, – how, has the area seen any transformation with the, I mean, are you seeing positive change? Are you seeing other businesses come in the area? What, what is, what's different? Yeah, the things? answer is it's, it's great positive change. And as part of that thing, we, we took a calculated risk because we knew uh, potentially all the development that was coming down in the pipeline. Yeah. And, uh, but again, it was, there wasn't anything guaranteed. It was an idea. So we looked at it from, because we thought that that area was going to be changing pretty soon, we wanted to be the first of the party. And uh, the, the area has changed, and it's changed for the better. Um, the mall that we're uh, uh, outside tent has done a great job in bringing in national-level tenants that are currently would have never came over there five years ago. Um, there's going there's a uh, major hospital that's having offices uh, behind us that would have never happened five years ago. Uh, we have a uh, Chipotle, which is a national brand, that came two doors down from us after we opened. I don't think... They would have been there if we didn't have the successes that uh, we had. And now you have other major anchor tenants coming in development, you know, in in the area that are less than a mile away from us. So I think that um, it takes a, a team of uh, a group to be the catalyst to go in there first, and they have some type of success, and then people try to emulate it. Yeah. I'm curious. I know a little bit how the franchise process works. I was curious as, as you came – um, was this a trade area that was already available, or did you have to do some convincing to Buffalo Wild Wings that this was the right place? How did, how did that work? The Buffalo Wild Wings actually passed on this area uh, oh. because they, they, they have whatever their metrics are. Sure. And uh, being a franchisor and not having local knowledge, they felt that it was too much of a risk for them. And, uh, again, what we saw, people saw as a risk, we looked at it as an opportunity and uh, presented them a case why we should uh, open a unit here, and they approved it. That's great. What any other naysayers? What about capital or anything like that? Did uh, anybody any other resistance prior to getting open opening on that from the the, the capital front? Yeah, you have resistance on the capital side too because I mean they'll look at average household incomes and all the other things and uh, or or more concerns. So they might want you to put up more capital than uh, that you'd open up the same unit in a quote unquote more desirable location. But, again, uh, the numbers don't lie. So after you've uh, have seen the numbers and you're continually see the numbers, it's not like a flash in a pan one-year type deal, then they start to understand. And I don't know if they necessarily trust the areas, but they trust the operators. And they say, okay, these guys have a track record of going into the inner-city community and being able to make money. Because, obviously, from a lending side, they're looking at the bottom line, Lynn, sure. and they, will they be able to get their money back? And 
so you you build up you build that credibility on that. What's next for you guys? Are you are you looking at more Buffalo Wild Wings? Are you looking at different type of businesses? I mean, what's what's your dream here? Uh, we we have a commitment with Buffalo Wild Wings to uh, after the one that Kareem said we're acquiring to build out three more, and then we also uh, Buffalo Wild Wings recently uh, bought a twenty five percent stake in a concept called Pizza Rev, which is uh, relatively new in uh, Southern California, and we're going to become a franchisee of that and build out some significant amount of units over the next five, six years. So we're currently wrapping up that deal with him also. Always restaurants? Or you, do you think uh, eventually is, is the, the longer-term vision something else besides restaurants? Uh, we, have, we, have some other, we have some other things that we have in mind that aren't fleshed out far enough that we feel comfortable talking about. Sure. But at the current time, uh, our plate is full on the development schedule of what we have with the restaurants, but we are looking at uh, other opportunities as well that, Make that uh, makes sense with our core vision, and also can make sense financially for us. How was the? I did a little bit of land entitlement with for a hotel. So, how was the entitlement process for for getting the uh, space and going through all the kind of um, city approvals and everything else? How was that? How was how was the city supportive of you? The city is really supportive of us. I mean, we do great business. And um, I think because of where our restaurant is located, we've, we've got pretty good visibility within the political apparatus uh, in L.A., which is very helpful when you're dealing with entitlements. Sure. And so uh, to Ed's point at the beginning at Baldwin Hills, when people really didn't know us and the community didn't know us, there was a lot of pushback, even from residents, uh, concerned about uh, – alcohol service in that community and right. what that might mean for their quality of life and people hanging out. We've had the restaurants been open three and a half years and we haven't had any uh, significant incidents whatsoever. Not so much as even a major fight between guys or anything. Wow. So that's, that's unique um, to uh, this type of a business anywhere, even in the suburbs. So right. um, uh, uh, the way that we've operated the business and secured the business. We have security, like really outstanding security that kind of function as hosts for us uh, from open to close in that restaurant. And I, I just think the way that we've been stewards of the opportunity, uh, you know, has made it so that as we grow, uh, we've got some goodwill. Oh, I love what you guys are doing. I mean, it's such, such a great, I love talking to entrepreneurs who are Number one, being bold in their decisions and taking risk because because that's what it's all about. Because you could fail doing something safe, so why not try something that no one else is doing? And, and uh, I mean, that really is at the heart of entrepreneurship, right? Yep, calculated risk. That's that's what it is. You know, I mean, you, you get all the information, all the data, uh, and then say, okay, is this risk worth it? And that's what you have to look at it. I work for a, and my local chamber of commerce, and we have a uh, entrepreneurship leadership council in my city. And uh, one of the, the factions of it is um, it's a, a mother and a son, and they're in lead the um, kind of highlighting more African American entrepreneurs in this city. And they were talking last week about how much of a challenge it is to. Uh, highlight and educate people in entrepreneurship. What is your perspective from the African American community in in and where you're at in Los Angeles and what you're comfortable with, where is the state of entrepreneurship within that community going? And, and how can we, how can the average citizen do, do more to, to get more people to understand the benefits of capitalism and entrepreneurship? 
Well, you, that's interesting. We talk about this all the time, especially here in Southern California. Hey, L.A. is unique because there's a lot of African-American entrepreneurs in the entertainment business, right. and production companies, and then you have quite a few that are entrepreneurs as doctors and lawyers, um, but you don't have any that, uh, uh, very many at all, that are on the retail side. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased to retail because I know the, uh, the impact that it can have for uh, uh, a lot of people in our community who are undereducated. And it can really bridge the gap between, you know, where they are, where they have the ability to go uh, from a career perspective and an income-earning perspective. Right. Um, because you can start in the entry level, have integrity, hard work, and two or three years later, you know, you're making money that's commensurate with what the average starting salary would be for somebody that's a college graduate right. without a college degree. Right. And so that's significant. And in Southern California, you know, we've got a, a television market of about 16 million, and we don't know of any African-American-owned gas stations. There's no African-American-owned grocery store. There's no African-American-owned hotel. And when you own, I mean, you know, it's not that other people are, uh, you know, won't give people a fair shot, but sometimes, you know, you just uh, don't have the same level of understanding. Young people that we didn't overlook, somebody else might just because of maybe the way that they dress or they need some coaching and somebody might be uncomfortable giving them about their presentation or delivery or how to resolve conflict. Um just ways that culturally we're, we're more sensitive to and in tune with that has, you know, uh, maybe helped us be successful developing people where in, in ways that other people may not have. And so we, we think that it's critical that there's additional uh, African-American entrepreneurs, especially within the retail space, um, uh, to, you know, to help to address some, some of the uh, difficult problems that we have in our community. Well, there's no better way to do it, like you said, in, in what you guys do. You're doing it by action. You're not sitting there, you know, creating some committee or consensus group. You're just kind of leading by example and, and showing the benefits of what you're doing. I don't think there's any other better way. Somebody has to take the risk, and you guys have done it. And so kudos to you uh, for kind of still showing us that the American dream is still possible, regardless of the circumstances and what kind of the popular culture tells us, right? Yep. Absolutely. Kind of a fun last question. We're getting near the end here for both of you. So, Kareem, if you had to, again, this is kind of a fun question, but kind of gives me insight to just what makes you tick. If you had five people you could invite to dinner, anybody in the world, who would they be? Well, I'd probably invite this guy next to me. I'd be, I'd probably be <laughs> talking pretty bad about him, but we'd be having some good fun. Uh, probably invite my old man, my dad. Um, I'd want him to be there. Um it would be some other entrepreneur. I I I couldn't tell you exactly who. Maybe a uh, 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 Mark Cuban. Oh yeah. Type of aggressive, uh, intellectual, uh, hip uh, entrepreneur. Uh, probably somebody from the arts. Couldn't tell you. Maybe music or film, uh, and an educator. I like it. What about you, Ed? Uh, good question. So, again, I, I would invite Kareem, definitely invite my dad. 
I would invite Marvin Gaye. Oh yeah, love, love. yeah. He is his music and his uh, social conscience is timeless. So I'd love to pick his brain about how we go, how we went about looking at the world and putting it into some songs. I, I think I have a real enjoyable conversation with him. Yeah, um, and I would also. I probably invited uh, this person is deceased, but Reginald Lewis. Reginald Lewis. Doing. That's the guy that from TLC Beach and then did all the leverage buying out and saying, okay, love, love to pick his brain on how he went from nothing to basically building a billion dollar company. Interesting, yeah. One more. One more, okay. Um,. Probably, uh, he's, he's deceased, probably Jerry Buss. Who? Jerry Buss. Jerry Buss. Not familiar. What Jerry, is Jerry Buss is the, uh, he was, he bought the Lakers back in the late 70s. Oh. And transformed them from, basically made them showtime. And he built, uh, and basically the, the basketball, is you're buying a franchise. So he, he's a franchisee, he's an owner-operator. And at that time, basketball was was considered too black, too much, too too much from a drugs problems. And he turned around and made it entertainment, right. where it was the place to be, and built it. So not only did he win on the court from a championship standpoint, he won from an entertainment standpoint and created a brand which is known worldwide, which in turn made a lot of money and he impacted people in a positive way uh, that he came across. So love love to pick his brain also too. Oh, I love it. Great list. Guys, I got to tell you, I mean, it's been so much fun to me to talk to you. And um, you, like I said, you guys are leading by example. Um, you're out there on the front lines doing it, making it happen. And, and the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the numbers. Uh, congratulations, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy for you. And uh, how can people get in touch with you? How can people uh, find you? Oh, they, they, they can find me on Twitter at Kareem Webb, on Instagram at Kareem Webb. And uh, I think that's the best way to get in touch with them. Right on. Edward, anybody, anything you want to add? No, I think I'm good. All right. Guys, hang on the line here. We'll talk a little bit more, but I can't tell you how excited I was to have you on the show. And uh, anything I can okay. do to help you guys, you always got a welcome home here at Dose of Leadership. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thanks for having me. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. <laughs>